This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what up? It's Ant right here with another episode of You Can't Guard Me. Man, shout out to all the casuals and the casualettes. Thank you for the support that you guys are giving to my channel. Uh, right now, the pod is available on Spotify. It's available on uh, Google Podcasts as well, too. Still working on iTunes. They're a little bit slower. Even when I get them on, just know that it's going to take several hours for them to update my episodes. So Spotify isn't a terrible option. So if you have Spotify, go ahead and download that and subscribe. And, you know, um, you know whatever you do, favorite my uh, little podcast title thing and um so you can at least get the alerts as time goes on remember i don't edit these i just do it i just do it a one shot and i just talk until i'm pretty much done um so i'm gonna get right into it i have um i have james yoder coming on james yoder coming on to talk some talk some football maybe a little bit of controversy and What's going on with him now and what happened before and why he's so polarized? We're, we're going to get into as much as I can, as much as I can pry out of him. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get as much as I can uh, out of that conversation and, and we'll kind of go from there. The first part is going to be, you know, I was on Twitter maybe a few minutes ago here and Someone said something about uh, said something about Patrick Beverly, and I'm like, man, I have a really good you know story about Patrick Beverly, a really good basketball story. And uh, then I was like, okay, wait, what if I just get you know go through all the playoff rosters and you know get one from each team? So I went from that to because there's so many stories, so I toned it back to just like just ten stories. I, I didn't even get to every every team i got to one two three four five six seven teams got to seven teams and um they're uh they're pretty good stories i hope you like them i hope you like like four or five all stories aren't meant for everyone but um they're pretty good uh, stories so what i'm gonna do is i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say who i'm talking about until the very end so I'm going to say he and all this, I'm going to say he, him, and us, and all. I'm going to say everything except their name, but I'm going to tell the same story. At the very end, I'm going to say, oh, that was so-and-so from this team. Um, so I'm going to get right into it here. Try, try not to waste you guys' time. I'm not here to fluff. Uh, I'm here to just deliver content and call it a day and keep it moving. All right. So first story, I was 13 years old. Um, at AAU Nationals down in, I believe I was in Memphis. I believe I was in Memphis. AAU Nationals, 
Dude just got drafted to the Grizzlies. So him and Shane Battier, like, came to my basketball game. After the game, my whole team was like, ooh, man, we got to get autographs. So they took Shane Battier and this guy to the back locker room for us. I really didn't have anything to sign. So I had him sign my Kevin Garnett flight posits. And uh, afterwards, I pretty much said, you know, you're not that good. You can't guard me. I can guard you. What would you do if I beat you up right now? And (laughs) he got really, I'm not going to say scared, but he got really, like, irritated. I could tell. So he, like, pretty much jogged away from me. And then I caught him. And then I just started asking him some random questions to get him kind of, like, distracted away from what our exchange just was. So, pretty lame story. But as every time I see him, I think about that time at Nationals where I completely embarrassed myself. That was a Pau Gasol for the Bucks. <laughs> Next story. Um, I'm at Oak Hill Academy. We had this game against this dude. Um who's supposed to be, like, really, really good. So, our point guard, Ty Lawson, was, like, amped up for it because, you know, we were about to play another guy in the, uh, another guy who played, uh, who committed to another ACC team in North Carolina, actually. And we're at the game, and we're going back and forth, and we beat this team by, like, 50 points. Like, nobody on that team was any good. Uh... This is really like a lame, lame story. But, um, yeah, like that that dude was locked up by everyone. We know who he was. Uh, and then I saw him on the Pistons. I'm like, oh, Ish Smith made the NBA? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I... I didn't pay attention to him. Like, I really didn't, really didn't know. But, yeah, like, Ish Smith, like, we blasted his team by, like, 50 points. And I, he was very forgettable. Uh, may, may have had, like, seven or eight points. Very forgettable per- performance. But apparently he was averaging, like, 20 or 30. Um, I didn't see it. But dude made the league. Dude got into the right system in college, and I guess he was hooping. Um... Another story, pretty much Oak Hill again. I'm a, I'm a sophomore. Um, guys on the team, Rajon Rondo was on the team. Josh Smith was on the team. We are at the primetime shootout in New Jersey. This is a huge, this is a huge event. A lot of people were there, pretty much packed out, almost sold out place. It holds about 13,000, 14,000 people. Like, almost sold out. Like, it was nuts. We were playing a team from, like, the Philly area. So, they were right there. They are like, maybe, like, within, like, an hour away, I'm guessing. But, um, this team, like, we we were undefeated. Like, we beat everybody by 30, 40 points. Literally. Literally. Like, we went to Hawaii, won a tournament, flew back home for three days, then flew out to Spain... And then beat um, 
beat a bunch of teams from Spain, and they had a Russian team here that had that CCCP. They had that on their jerseys. Uh, I know you guys know, like, um, ever watched, like, Miracle or those old Russian, like, teams where they have CCCP? This team had that on their jerseys. And um, we beat them by, like, 40. They had a starting, like, center, like, 7-4. Their power forward was, like, 7-1. Then their shooting guards were, like, 6-11. Starting point guard was, like, 6-7. They were huge, but we beat them dudes by 40. Anyways, we smashed everyone. So we're at the primetime shootout. It's a good game. It's a good game. And then all of a sudden, their guard goes nuts. Goes nuts. Next thing you know, we're in the third quarter. We're down by 20, like 20-plus points. The whole place is pro the other team because we're the number one team in the country and everyone's going crazy, going nuts, screaming. You know, they did the they did the the dumbest chant in in the world. The overrated. Over they, we we heard that for a good three straight minutes. So, uh, we locked that dude down. Rajon had that dude on lockdown and we came back and won by like five or six crazy um that was a uh, Kyle Lowry for the Raptors um next I only have this here it's gonna be quick but this was by far the nicest conversation I've ever had during a free throw I mean I'm sitting there I'm just like I'm like I'm like bro y'all are man, y'all are short but y'all are good man it's like man y'all are good man one through five like y'all are tough what tallest dude's like what six 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 seven? He was like, yeah, bro, yeah, we good, but you know, y'all good too. Y'all was in the uh, turning last year, so we trying to get back to that. You know, we trying to get back and and you know and you know, be good. And everyone was everyone was kind of playing us in the preseason, saying that we ain't this or that. But we got you know a lot of JUCO cats, so so we sh- we straight we straight. I'm like. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, y'all are busting our tail right now, man. And I was like, good luck the rest of the way. He was like, yeah, man, y'all too, bro. Y'all be all right. Long story short, we weren't all right. That was, that was the 2009, 2010 year where we were ranked in the top 25 at this tournament. But and it was just rough all the way through. But um, that was Jimmy Butler. For the Sixers. Really nice guy, man. Really, really, really nice guy. Um, next dude. So, this goes back to, I tell young kids all the time, man. Don't worry about, don't worry about, don't worry about recruiting. Don't worry about, don't worry about being you know, going to certain events. Just be consistent all the time. Be consistent all the time because you have no clue who's in the gym. You have no clue who's in the gym. You have no clue who is watching you. Um, just stay consistent. You have no you have no clue who's gonna show up at your game. Are you ready? Or did you not get sleep the night before to even take full advantage of the opportunity in front of you. We are, I am now, uh, I left the DC Blue Devils, which was a Nike team, and I went to an Adidas team called the Richmond Squires. Uh, We are in the Adidas 
we're in the Adidas uh, 64 that's out in Vegas. And uh, we had a game at like 8 o'clock in the morning at some random high school like 15 miles off the strip. Like early, 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 super early. 8 a.m., 15 miles off the strip, random high school, middle of nowhere. We're all dragging, right? We're all like, ugh. All right, let's go and play this game, blah, blah, blah. We play some team from Tennessee. That's, that's all I really knew. So, walking the gym... Just all right. So just to set up, for those who don't go to AAU events or big events where there's college coaches, college coaches don't sit up in the stands with parents. They, if you're at a high school, they sit on one side and the parents sit on the other side. Like there's no commingling, or they sit along the baseline away from the parents. They're kind of roped off, so there's no intermingling amongst parents and all that stuff because that could come off as being a violation so they're like you know what we're gonna separate you guys just to just so you can understand the layout of this so walk in the gym it is like 7 30 in the morning i crust and everything tired walk in the gym and the gym is packed packed with oh my gosh there were about Man, no less than 90 high major, like high division one coaches in there. Man, I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, y'all here to see Ant Wright, huh? Ant Wright better drop buckets. Man, I looked down to the other team and who we had to play. So it was like Team Memphis. You know who Team Memphis is? Either Memphis Tigers or 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 uh, Memphis Memphis Hawks or Tennessee Hawks. I forget what their name was. I just know that their starting lineup had five high major Division One players. High, 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 high major, like legit dudes. Dudes. Anyways, we're up by like 12, 13 points throughout the entire game. I had a few threes, a couple dunks. Um, then this one dude just goes completely off. Insane. Left-handed cat. He was, he was about 6'7 at the time. 6'7, 6'8. Just goes off, man. With threes and dunks and just drives. And they end up pressing us. Our guards can handle it. So we end up losing. I got like three, four offers at that game. Um, eight, in the, eight in the morning, like eight in the morning, first game of the tournament. That's why I'm saying just be consistent because I was killing for the Squires all throughout spring. Then I get there and then I did the same exact thing. I had like I had like 20 on this kid. Um, he hit me back too for like 20, 20, 20, 20 uh, five or so. Um, 8 a.m. in the morning. Um after the game, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yo, who is who is this dude? You see the rankings, but this was back when 
you really just saw the name. You didn't see the name, picture, highlight tapes. Didn't really have that back in 2000, you know, five, 2006. We we didn't have that stuff. So he goes, he goes, oh, oh, I'll find out for you. Give me like 30 seconds. He goes and then comes back. Oh, that was um, that was a uh, Thaddeus Young. I'm like Thaddeus Young. I'm like, it is supposed to be at McDonald's. They were just like, you know, yeah. I was like, ah, well that sucks because I really wanted to get that one even more, you know. But now the game was over, so that's Thaddeus Young from the Pacers. Next story actually happened last year. I put on Twitter for some people. I'm not sure if anyone was paying attention, but um, my firm had this had this uh, this big, huge kickoff seminar last year, and um, an NBA team was there. So we're down there, and we like cross paths, and then one of my teammates was on the team, Ty, and. Um, I didn't really, I, I I wasn't paying attention for some reason. I was kind of, I was kind of paying attention to something else. And, um, end up, like, going to the bathroom. Mind you, this is like a huge banquet hall. Huge hallways, huge banquet halls. And we had our own, we, we, we took up, we took up like two or three banquet halls. They were in the one right next to us. So I walked out. I went to the bathroom, right? I walk out the bathroom. Man, I tell you, I'm walking out. This dude, boom, he puts his shoulder, he puts his hand on my shoulder so hard. I'm like, dang, like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, what is... He's just like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, Ty's over here. He said, what's up? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like what is, I'm like, what is, what is going on here? And I'm just like, where's he at? He goes, he's right inside here. And then, uh, and Tyler was there, said what's up, said what's up, whatever. Um, dude who smacked me on my shoulder, almost broke my neck, <laughs> was uh, DeMarcus Cousins. It was DeMarcus Cousins, which was funny. It's pretty funny. All right, next dude. All right, O'Kill. So, O'Kill. The team is going out. The team is going out. We're watching movies. So we're trying to choose between a movie. And everyone wants to see the the, the grudge except like three people. Because they hate scary movies. So watching the grudge. One of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm, I'm not a fan of scary movies. Like I just can't. I, I just can't do it. I'm an only child. I'm not. I hate storms. Like, there's no sibling to comfort my aloneness or me being scared. I had nobody to, like, share that feeling with. Um, so, we watched The Grudge. In this movie theater, they had, they had these actors walk down each side acting like they're The Grudge. Dudes lost it, and they, like, they were, like, ran out. They ran out the theater, like, going over, like, this wasn't like one of those new theaters where you walk in and then you see 
the second level and then go up. This was a movie theater where it was all on the on the first floor and the exits were just in the back. There were no steps to get up or down. So dudes were like climbing over the chairs, jumping over the chairs to like leave the theater because they were freaked out. One of my teammates had to sleep on my floor for two straight weeks. Slept on my floor for two straight weeks because he was scared. That was Kevin Durant. <laughs> he did not want to be alone. He slept on my floor. He slept on my floor. He slept on my dude John Reynolds' floor. For like two weeks. He did not want to be alone. That was KD. Alright. Next story. So. I'm back to being 12, 13 years old. And. We're in this tournament down in like. I forget. We were either. I think we're in. I want to say we were in Richmond. I think we were in Richmond. And we're playing this team from North Carolina. And we are. In a tight game. My team was really, really good. Press playing paces, we were good. We were good, good. And we had maybe like three, four dudes end up Division One, which is rare at that age to, you know, have a trajectory like that. Um, we were really good, man. And um, we were playing this team tough, like tough, 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 tough. And um, this little white dude checks in the game and... Like, little. He's like five feet. He's little, little. Like, this dude gets the ball. Yep, 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 yep. Just ankles, just gone. Everyone just spinning everyone around. Uh, floater. Eh. Come down again. Uh. Come down again. Eh. Come down again. Uh, uh, uh. Assist. I'm like, bruh. Can someone... Trap this dude, take the ball, take the, he, he can't, the ball's half his size. We're up by two, man. We're up by two. I remember this like it was yesterday. My guard trips on a shoelace, like his own shoelace. Dude never could keep his shoes tied, man. He trips over his shoelace. And then ends up like falling into someone else. It was weird. Two seconds left. That little white kid, he gets the ball in the corner. Whap. Game over. We lose by one. I I I was so mad. I was so mad. Next thing you know, coach gets everyone together. He's going off. He was like, man, man, y'all did this, just this. How you gonna let Del Curry's son get off on y'all like that? How you gonna let Del Curry's son kill y'all like that? Yeah, Del Curry's son, that's Steph Curry. I thought it was a white dude. Yeah, dude destroyed us. I don't know if, if he was in trouble with his parents in the first half, but dude just came in and just said and just yanked everyone. He was so little. Like, ball was like half his size. Yeah, he was going off on us. He was like, how you let Del Curry's son get off on y'all like that? 
Yeah, Steph Curry. That was my first of many games against that dude. All right, next. All right. I've posted this video before on Twitter. Um, we played this team from Georgia. It was on Comcast and everything. Uh, you know, we It was a back and forth game, but they had full control pretty much. And uh, they, they pretty much wiped the floor with us in like the last quarter. Dude stuck his arm in the rim. Dude was doing all this stuff. But this is the first time I played this guy. I heard about him, but this is my first time really um, competing against him. So this dude gets me on the baseline. He takes like a retreat dribble and then hits me with an in and out spin move. Bruh, I have never seen a dude disappear like that in my entire life. Next thing I know, he's three feet behind me going up for a layup. I tried to I I try to take his head off. Like you're not about to embarrass me because the whole place is like, ooh. You know when you hit somebody with the move so hard, the whole crowd goes, oh. <laughs> oh. I was like, no, this is not gonna it's like it's like yo, I'm about to get kicked out of the game. I don't care. He shook me so hard I couldn't reach him. <laughs> he shook me out of my shoes so he detached all of my toes in one move. So bad that I tried to punch him in the forehead and I couldn't reach him. Because he was so far ahead of me. That was Lou Williams. For the Clippers. Alright, last story. Alright, so I'm at Adidas All-American camp. And there's this dude on my team named Yi Li from China. Yi, look him up. Yi Li. I believe he played on Team China at the uh, at the Olympics or some like Nash or like some like international FIBA stuff. Yi Li. About 6'7 shooting guard. This dude did not pass the ball ever. Now, these Adidas All-American and Nike All-American, all these All-American camps, they're to showcase your skills, but at the same time, you got to share the rock because everyone is there for the same purpose. So, me and this other guy, we've had decent games. We picked up two, three offers. Hey, great, you know, that's why we're here. We're here to get offers, exposure, and all that fun stuff. This dude, Yili, never passed the ball. This dude would get the rebound, and he would do what you do on 2K. When it's your guy, you don't pass. You get it, and you bust out dribble, and you're either going to shoot it, or you're going to lay it up, or you're going to try to get fouled, and you're either going to turn over or miss a shot or make the shot. That's what happens every single time. So, we are frustrated. Me and my dude, we are frustrated. So we're on the bus going from the hotel to the game. He he comes over to me. He goes, yo, eh, eh. Hey, man, this dude, Yee Lee, hey, bro, we can't let him do that. We can't let him. 
We can't let him do that. We can't let him. We look. We not gonna let him get the rock. I'm like, what? I'm like, what you mean? He goes, look. Every rebound, you gotta get the rebound. You gotta get the rebound. When you get the rebound, you can't pass it to him. Look, if you pass it, pass to me. Don't don't give him the ball. I'm like, I'm like, all right. So you want to freeze him out? He was like, hell yeah, we gonna freeze him out. Like we not gonna pass him the ball at all. I'm like, are you sure? He goes, he goes, yeah, bro. We we not we not gonna pass him the rock. We not we not going out like that. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Next two games, we didn't pass him the ball not one time. He was averaging like 25 for the entire camp. Last two games, he averaged like seven. And me and the other dude, we averaged like 19. <laughs> it's funny because I, I, never, I never knew his name until I saw him get to Arkansas. When he got to Arkansas, I'm like, Ooh, that's my dude. That's my dude right there. Patrick Beverly. <laughs> that's my dude, man. That is my, like, yo. Patrick Beverly, man. Patrick Beverly. That dude, that dude was one of the, one of the coolest cats I've ever met. Um, they found out that uh, he went to school at um if y'all have watched Hoop Dreams, if you haven't, you have to watch that film. Hoop Dreams. Look it up. You better watch it. Watch it with your kids. Um He went to the the same school, the same high school as Arthur Agee did with the uh yellow jerseys in Chicago. If y'all haven't watched that movie, watch it. But yeah. Patrick Beverly, that that dude, that dude to this day, man, that whole, that whole, man, every time I see him going off, all I'm doing is picturing him, eyes are big as, so, his eyes are so big, just looking at me like, we gotta freeze him out, <laughs> we can't let him get no more buckets, if he gets the ball, he's not gonna give it back, he hurting us, Ed, he's hurting us. We gotta hurt him. <laughs> Yo. And we froze him out, man. And uh <laughs> and uh we did our thing. We did our thing and th and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh so so yeah, those are my I think think that was ten NBA stories. Um I got I got a lot more, but but uh but those are just just playoff guys. Um let me know which story you thought was, you know, best and most re relatable, and we'll kind of engage a little bit more um, on Twitter. But yeah, so changing up, uh, changing up the, uh, changing up some things here. Uh, I'm gonna get my guy James Yoder in here. Just give me one sec. All right, we are back here with You Can't Guard Me, episode four. 
uh, talked a little bit about hoops, some of my you know basketball stories, but we're going to switch focus now to one of the or the most polarizing polarizing figure I would say in Michigan sports via social media and the media itself. Um, I have James Yoder with me. Uh, what's up, James? What is going on, man? Thanks a lot for having me. Hey, thank you for accepting this. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pretty much tackle everything from football to a little bit more personal matters. So this should be a lot of fun, man. So let's get right into it. Spring game was well, not spring game. They went through like little drills, but um, this Gaddis offense, this speed and space. Um, what do you make of it? I have my own opinions, but. I need to hear you out first. What is you know what is the gimmick? Is it a gimmick? Is it for real? Like, you know, tell me more about the offense. Yeah, for sure. And look, I listened to your podcast uh, when you talked about not wanting to do too much and not wanting to reflect the 2007 to 2008 transition when you go from you know 20 plus years, 25 years, whatever it was of pro style, you try and switch overnight to a true spread option, and what do you end up with? You end up with Stephen Three running for, uh, you know, 20 times a game sometime. He breaks one off for Wisconsin. You get, the, you know, Nick Sheridan trying to throw the ball 25 times a game, and it didn't work. It was a square peg, round hole. I don't think this is the case here, because you've got, you know, I actually think talent-wise, the best receiving crew Michigan's ever had, and if you look at Josh Gash's record, I think you're going to see for the first time, maybe since like the 2004 season when Michigan had Braylon and, and uh, Avant and, and uh, Steve Bresson, I think you're actually going to see like the output match the talent as far as stats and, and, the, uh, and the ability. I mean, you took a true freshman quarterback and you were you know, a snap or two away from maybe you know, uh, a national championship consideration. They ended up getting blown up by Ohio State and losing the bowl game. But at one time, there was like an 11-1 or 10-1 you know, team going to the Ohio State game with the freshman quarterback running back so this year kind of going forward thinking about this I don't think it's as drastic because Shea if he's a quarterback certainly has a ton of experience IMG and then his two years at Ole Miss and it's actually more of a shock for him to go to the Michigan offense last year I think they did a big time disservice for him so I think it's going to be a better philosophy and I think it's going to come down to whether or not uh, the guys may play. Some of these guys aren't looking forward to you know next year's NFL draft or something like that. Whether or not uh, you know they resemble an Ohio State or Oklahoma or even Alabama from you know this past year, which Josh Gaddis had a lot uh, of input on that. So I, I'm excited about it, to be frank. And I think Michigan will throw the ball about eight to ten times more per game. And I also think they'll get wide receivers like Sainer Stoll and, and maybe like Oliver Martin, some of the guys who are more slot backs involved in the running game, uh, even out of the backfield, you know, uh, you get four wide and then you've got Sainer still coming out of the back, you know, coming in motion and going in the backfield and you pitch it to him the opposite direction. So I'm excited about it. Um, as long as Jim Harbaugh keeps his hands off the offense, which I think is yet to be seen. So do you think Harbaugh is going to have like, 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 can he let go of the reins and let Gaddis just, just do his thing. So guys hear only one voice or is it going to be that, you know, call by committee stuff. Yeah, I mean, he promised him that he would, right? And if he doesn't, I think you'll see Josh Gaddis one and done. He's going to be gone to another school if Harbaugh tries to, 
you know, impose his will or overturn calls to say, no, 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 we got to run here. We got to go out formation. So Harbaugh gave him his word, and Gaddis had already accepted uh, a job with Maryland to be their OC for much less money. But his agent actually shocked the deal big time. It was like, hey, you're going to be co-OC at, at Alabama, maybe with Danny Enos, maybe with somebody else, you, you know, after Loxley got the Maryland job. Loxley offered Gaddis the Maryland OC. Uh, slight pay bump over what he had at Alabama, but true play calling duties. And then his agent, before he signed the deal over like a 48 hour period, put feelers out to a 10 or so schools and shout out props to, uh, to Michigan, to Jim Harbaugh. You know, Harbaugh really didn't have, uh, as far as I know, you know, his eyes on, on Gaddis. It wasn't one of the names that they had identified with. Uh, but when they got word from, from his agent that he was available and this guy, you know, he got a short window, Harbaugh, you know, kind of realized, oh, yeah, I remember this guy recruited him, you know, to come to, I think he maybe was, he wanted him to come to Stanford with him a few years back, back in like 2009 or 10 when he was really young. But he had, you know, known Gaddis in the past. He tried to get him to go to another job. Gets the opportunity, realizes, oh, shit, this is the guy that was part of the offense that completely tore us up in 2017, Penn State. He goes and, and switches Alabama from, you know, a Michigan-style offense to uh, Oklahoma-style offense in 2018, switches quarterbacks, has Jerry Judy, the Blitnikoff Award winner. This might be my best shot to get uh, you know, a guy and, and so that, that can lead us into the future. And so part of the deal was, look, Jim, you can't, you know, I'm not going to have my client, his agent speaking, come to Ann Arbor. Josh wants to have full capabilities. And the reason for that, by the way, is Gaddis wants to be a head coach. His agent is selling him on the fact that you go to Michigan and you revitalize their offense, you're two years away from, you know, a Maryland or kind of a mid-power five-style job. Right. Or you get really lucky and, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, Michigan State comes open or, you know, a school that's like on the cusp but not a true power and, and you know, he's the flavor of the month like a Lincoln Riley or something was. So uh, if Harbaugh does put his hands in the offense, it's one and done. Gas will start looking for a job as soon as the season's over. Gotcha. So, you know, we want to kind of backtrack here. You said, you you said, you know, if Shea is the guy, um, do you think that there is like a legit quarterback battle? I know Peters is still there, fourth string. God bless his soul. Uh, Milton is there. Um, Shea is there, and then you got you got uh, your boy with all the with all the accolades and the football acumen per se. Um, you know, what does the quarterback battle look like now, man? Is it like, is it legit? Is it Shea's ball? Is it McCaffrey? You know, what is going on there, man? You know, I, I put out, uh, it was on my show a week and a half ago, you know, so that, that it's a, it's a true quarterback battle. One of the, you know, stipulations, there were very few, but they were incredibly well, you know, documented between Gaddis and Harbaugh and he came in as, Hey, I want to be able to. Uh, you know, call the plays, no interference, and I want to be able to make the decision on who plays. It can't be, you know, coaches' pets from last year or guys that did good in the, the you know, off-season conditioning in 2017. It's got to be the guys that are going to fit my system. Harbaugh agreed to that. And as such, you know, even, even, even quarterbacks. So I went into this year as I think Shea, if you look at the comparison, you know, over 40 touchdowns to McCaffrey's two and 20-some starts, 23 starts in his college career to zero, I think it makes a lot of sense that Shea's just the guy. And I thought, you know, him coming back, there's no way anybody beats it from him. But then you get a new system in there. You get a a, a 
you know, a quarterback uh, or an offensive coordinator that just came from Alabama where they took a national championship level quarterback, back-to-back title games, Purdue and Hurts, and then they installed two in the second half, and two comes and is the starting quarterback for him at Alabama last year. Right. And if you think about the last two national champions, the last two national champions, Clemson and Alabama, replaced a quarterback either you know mid-season like Clemson or in the actual championship game with a true freshman who you know who led them to a title, and the guy they replaced had taken their team to the the playoff the year before. Kelly Bryant took Clemson to play the, you know the playoff in seventeen. Jalen Hurts took uh, took Alabama to the championship game in sixteen. Yeah, but and- that's Saban though. But that's it. Do you? But like Harbaugh with the meritocracy, like and- like everyone knows, Peters was better than O'Corn, and O'Corn still had what like three or four games of an opportunity. There's, I mean, exactly. There's no doubt about it. If it was Jim Harbaugh, there's no way I think that they would replace Shea. But I think there's a chance for two reasons. Because I think Gaddis is on a fast track. He wants to be a head coach before his 40. He's like 36 years old. And he's going to play the guy that gets them the best offense this year, no matter what. And that's the same at all positions. And so I think he, Harbaugh had to agree to let him make the final call. And so that's going to be interesting. And two... You might see that Dylan McCaffrey fits the offense a little bit better because as much as Shea, I think he makes a lot of good decisions, and I thought for the most part last year he was you know, meeting expectations within the offense that he had, uh, you know, the framework he had. I don't think he can throw the deep ball very well, and what you're going to see out of this offense is a lot of dink and dunk, dink and dunk, and then every 8-10 passes, they're going to try and go deep, and that's where I think Shea struggles and McCaffrey might have the edge. So I I think in most situations in the history of Michigan football, Shea's the guy, no questions asked. If he gets hurt, McCaffrey Millen steps up. This year, I think it's a little different. I still think Shea gets the gig. I think he gets the gig game one for sure. But if they lose a game, whether it's you know Notre Dame in October or something like that, or Shea goes down for a quarter and McCaffrey comes in, it could be a Wally Pip situation. So I think Shea gets the job for sure. But it is not like he, you know, he, he just owns the quarterback position in Michigan for the entire year. I do think there is an opportunity. I don't think it's Milton at all. I don't think uh, that is even a consideration at this point because he's too erratic throwing. But uh, it could be McCaffrey if uh, if things you know turn out in a way that would cause McCaffrey to get you know on the field at some point next season. Gotcha. Now, what is um what is the story on Peters? Peters is a fourth string, like. He has what two years of eligibility or just one? Two years. So, uh, I mean, this is where you know I report these things and people go up in arms until like four months later and it happens. But you know, usually I don't get credit for him. But I mean, Peters is, is gone. He is not a part of the Michigan football program after about three weeks from now. He's gonna explore his options, but he's gonna graduate. He's been in Michigan for three and a half years. Came in as an early enrollee. So he's going to graduate and have two years of eligibility immediately wherever he wants to go. And I don't think Michigan would stop him from going to another Big Ten school. So it could be Purdue, maybe. It could be Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he wants guaranteed playing time, maybe it'd be a Mac school or Cincinnati. I don't really know their quarterback situations. But he's the fifth-string guy right now. I mean, he's behind Kate McNamara even. So he is, his heart's not oh, wow. I think he's gone for sure. He graduates and he'll explore his options, you know, kind of end of end of this month, right? Early May is when, when Michigan school is over. So okay. we won't hear much from him. You know, they'll put out a press release like May 10th that, that this is the case. And then, of course, all the Michigan writers will write the exact same article. But he's not going to be on the team next year. Okay. 
Um, so Michigan has and Michigan has Middle Tennessee State, then a, an Army team that are that's you know pretty much the Michigan fan base kind of split half and half on um, on how to feel about that game. But then there's a bye. Then they go to Wisconsin. So so you're saying if there's a a loss between Army or Wisconsin early that they can make that quarterback switch, especially if they have trouble passing the uh, ball, right? Absolutely. I mean, if they lost Army, I think it would be, hey, we're going to give Shea the first quarter versus Wisconsin and, and deal in the second quarter and vice versa and see who plays better. Because then you get Rutgers after that, that they're going to win no matter who's you know the quarterback. So I think they would use Wisconsin. I mean, I know it's a road game, but – they went seven and five last year, and they were a top ten team. Right. And their quarterback decided to, you know, grad transfer to Florida State after starting for three seasons. So they're probably going to start a true freshman quarterback. So I think Michigan wins that game, okay. no matter if it's Milton, McCaffrey, or Shea. Uh, but if they lost to Army, or if they lost to Wisconsin on the road against a true freshman, I think whoever's number two at the time, probably McCaffrey, gets a shot to take snaps in the first half of the subsequent game. And and then it's a Henson Brady situation from there. Whoever plays. Might get the hot hand. I'm not predicting they're going to do that, but right. if they lose in the month of September, I think they make a change. You know, uh, going forward, at least we'll give the guy an opportunity. Right, especially, especially just so early, man. Just I mean, because then there's pretty much no CFP if you lose a game like Army. Um, it's going to be very, very hard to go 11 and one, win the Big Ten, and still get a nod over someone who's. Also, eleven and one won their conference, but they lost to USC or Auburn or something like that. Um, so there is, there's, there are, you know, what three big home games this year? Um, they have Ohio State, Michigan State, and Notre Dame. Um, you know, we're in our fifth year now, right? You know, we got to win some big games, especially against rivals. And we have three of them at home. Two of them start the year top five in Notre Dame and Ohio State. Um, you know, in your words, you know, what is the importance of those games in terms of Michigan football, in terms of moving forward, in terms of how, you know, it's already kind of, you know, there's murmurs with her with Harbaugh in the fan base about he's not getting it done. You know what would that? You know what is the what is the importance of those two games, especially this year in year five at home with a stout team and a new offense. Yeah, I mean the apologist is going to say, "Oh, we've, we're losing Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush and Chase Winovich," but like the realist will say, "You know, it, you look at Oklahoma's offense defense last year. Look at." You know, Clemson lost maybe their second best player for the playoff. They won the national title. So, like, the the defense should not, and we saw the last two games of the year, the defense should not be the difference between winning and losing in college football anymore. It's really, that might come down to the championship game, the best two teams, but you've got to have an offense. And so, think about this. If, If Jim Harbaugh's name was Dan Mullins or any, you know, any coach that wasn't Jim Harbaugh that wasn't, even if he came in with all the accolades, uh, if Pete Carroll came to Michigan, like if he was zero and four after year four, can you imagine the just how people will be losing their mind? But Harbaugh's getting a pass because he's a Michigan you know, guy right. and all that different stuff. But I think sixty-two points is put. You know, people are fairly indifferent. You that's a lot of points, more? bro. That's a lot of points. Yo. That's a lot of yeah. sixty-two is a lot right. of points. 
When Dude, I was standing oh in, like, in, the, in the side things, I wanted to get some good pictures of the Ohio State fans rushing the field just because, you know, I was at the game and I was, you know, uh, 10 beers deep. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to check this out. I went down and, like, they could have scored there at the end and made it 69, maybe gone for two and gone for 70. But, like, it was apparent if you're, like, you know, decency, if you're on the field, like, even last year when it was Michigan's, you know, one of, maybe the best team in the Harbaugh era, it was just apparent how much better of a coaching staff Ohio State had and how much better across the board, maybe faster, their players were when you yeah. went you were on the field. So if you think of year five of Harbaugh, imagine this scenario, because this is the one we're living under. You're returning an all-conference-level quarterback who was the number one recruit, number one quarterback recruit in the country. He's a yep. senior. Yep. You've got Ohio State with a new coach and a freshman quarterback, or a sophomore quarterback who's new to the system, transferring over. You've mm-hmm. got Notre Dame at home. You've got Michigan State at home coming off a subpar year. And then your big two road games are Wisconsin and Penn State, both who have to replace three-year starting quarterbacks with mm-hmm. unknown commodities. If it doesn't end, and by the way, you've got three you know, uh, three receivers who might be the second, third best wide receiving crew in the country. Mm-hmm. I know there's questions at running back, but like, if not now, when? when? I'm not saying they're going to win the national title, but like, if not now, when are you just going to beat Ohio State's ass, go 11-1? Maybe you drop a game, who cares? But you can still make the playoff with one loss if it's not the last game to Ohio State and you win the Big Ten. And if you get in the, in the playoff and you lose to you know Clemson or you lose to Georgia in the semifinals, I think that's good enough for people. It would be good enough for me as a fan. And, and I just don't see it. You know, when is it going to happen? Because two of the last three years, you've gone into the Ohio State game, ranked in the top four, and you have lost that game, you know, close in 16, blowout in 18, and then completely, you know, for lack of a better word, shit the bed for, for some regard against a Florida team in, in a big bowl game, right? Like, came out flat against Florida State and just was shockingly bad against Florida. So I don't know why they just fall apart down the stretch, you know, but if you talk to 49ers fans, uh, they might they, they might say the same thing. It's like, hey, we should have went to three straight Super Bowls, but Harbaugh made the most boneheaded decisions of all time in those NFC Championship games and, and cost us maybe, you know, at least one more trip to the Super Bowl, if not two. So I, I right. think Harbaugh has to be on, you know, there's got to be some pressure on him because if he loses it to Ryan Day in year one, like, mm-hmm. Day is just going to be like, Laughing. It's and, just getting going. <laughs> this is my yeah. first year with the new QB, and I still won in your house when you're a good team. Exactly. Let's I mean, do it. And <laughs> right, like, like you, you know, you think about we're in we're on the second of a set two seven game losing streaks in, in fifteen years, mm-hmm. and the only win is against uh, the team which is eleven in between Urban and, and Trestle. You know, they so were like six I and think, six. Like they were so bad. Yeah. Brutal team. Uh, they lost to the bowl game. I think to Florida also. But like you know, and by the way, if you remember that game, it was Braxton Miller as a true freshman, yeah. and Michigan almost lost it because yeah, they it was had like a wide open receiver <laughs> in the fourth quarter for a touchdown to win the game. It was, a, it was like a six point game. I know, yeah. six or seven we point game. Fifteen year losing streak right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is a long time, dude. So, uh, we, so Michigan hasn't beaten a, a halfway decent Ohio State team in a decade and a half. 2003. That is a Last long time. T- do you know what year it is? It is 2019. 2019. I mean, that is a long time. A good, uh, a good Ohio State team. A Ohio State team with a winning record. The seniors in high school were born that year. I'm pretty sure, right? Like, if you graduated in 2019, 2020, you were one or two years old in 2003. 2003, I was a I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, I'm 31. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, yeah. 
And, oh uh, my gosh! Crazy to think about. Yeah, so I mean, you come up with a generation of kids. I, I grew up in the state of Ohio, and it was great to be a Michigan fan because I would just rub it in people's face. But like, if you're a 15 year old kid, no matter where you are, like you don't even think of Michigan ever. If you you've got to go back into the record books and ever think about Michigan beating Ohio State, like it just it, you couldn't even imagine. Like HCTV didn't even exist the you know, last time Michigan beat Ohio, a good Ohio State team in 2003. It was uh, you know. Watch that film and you'd be like, "What year is this? 1975? No, it's like 2003." I mean, Facebook didn't even exist. They got the huge pads and the huge jersey and the big face mask. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's too funny. Um, did did the Big Ten go to ten conference games this year? So I'm I'm looking back nine. at their schedule right now, and I keep counting nine, ten nine this year. Right? Are you sure? Because yeah. I. I keep counting 10. Which is... Well, you've got Middle Tennessee State and Army and then Notre Dame. Notre Dame oh, Notre Dame. I was counting that as, okay. Okay. Whew. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Because I'm like, because yeah, so I'm we'll, tripping. We'll alternate, you know, four home, four away. Four, you know, four home gotcha. and five away. And then have five home, four away. You're kind of going forward uh, on the Big Ten. It's only three. It's a weird thing. I mean, Michigan had to make a... Uh, make a uh, big uh, concession in Notre Dame to get him back on the schedule this quickly. That's why, you know, it's in the middle of They the shouldn't program. have. They yeah, should. No I mean, it's Screw like them. In the, in Screw them. Game. People want Notre it Dame was- on the schedule so bad for no reason. Like, this doesn't help your CFP. Like, you can win the national title. Nobody is going to say, oh, man, but y'all didn't play Notre Dame. Nobody's going to say that. Get to the CFP. There's no reason to have them on the schedule whatsoever. If they had Arkansas last year, if they had Arkansas, they're going into the yeah. o- Ohio State game 11-0. You know, ranked number two, three in the country. Yeah. And even if they lose to Ohio State, it's a close game. If it's a 10-point or 7-point game, maybe both teams can get in if, you know, if Ohio State didn't lose to Purdue. Like, Who it knows? It makes a lot of sense to just have a cupcake schedule. The Big Ten has a ton of them this year. And yeah, out of conference. Yeah, I think Michigan, I, I'm agree with you. Like, do two on and, and six off in Notre Dame, but, like, having on the schedule more than twice every eight years, I think is, is just ridiculous. And, by the way, fans are kind of sick of it, right? Like, I, I didn't really want Notre Dame. I'd rather, if we're going to play a game like that, play Texas, Oklahoma, you know, something right. like that. You want to, if you want to take, like, a trip with your buddies, like, no one, I went to Notre Dame this year. It's the third Michigan-Notre Dame game I've been to in South Bend by, like, 0-3 record in those games. Um, and like it's, like, I would not go back there just because one, it's super boring of a of a scene out there. But like I've been there. Like play anybody. Like gosh, play LSU. Imagine like how even if Michigan lost the game, that would be a lifetime you know road trip you just wouldn't forget because you'd probably go there and just like you know just pound beers for seventy two hours straight. Right, right. Like you know, like you know, rivalries, whatever, dude. What is going to get this team some hardware? Get. I I just want to see some hardware, so these Michigan State fans can stop saying, "Hey, do you know the direction the Indy? Do you know where the Indy is? Do you know where the CFP is played?" I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. I know, I know. It hurts a little bit, but you know, you have Penn State who's won the Big Ten, Ohio State who's won the Big Ten, Michigan State who's won the Big Ten. You know, I I saw something somewhere. It was like. It was like the only teams to. It was like the only team to uh, not win the Big Ten. It was like a bunch of garbage schools, and then Michigan. Like <laughs> fifteen years, right? Or or even like or even go to the Big Ten tournament game. It was like 
whole bunch of it was like Rutgers, Illinois, and Michigan or something crazy, man. It's um it's wild. Now I'm rooting for those dudes, man. I'm because Harbaugh comes off as a nice guy. He comes off as someone who really wants he wants this win for Michigan more than he wants to win for himself. You know? And you know, I can feel that and I and I really want him to do well, man. Really want him to do well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I, I think Harbaugh, you know, epitomizes the, you know, the true Michigan man, and I think it burns at him. But I, I do think there there could be a step up in the, you know, do it for the, you know, 140 years of Michigan football that's come before you. Because I do think that that team was not motivated, you know, not, maybe not motivated. They weren't prepared and they weren't. You know, for some reason, they just didn't go into the Ohio State game ready to play. And you saw afterwards, it was like, the kind of team fell apart. Like, they even show up to the Florida game. And so, there's some sort of disconnect at the end of the year. Why, if they lose to Ohio State, the team just falls apart. But, like, Ohio State, they've got gold pants. You know, you know it means something. They've got um, uh, some sort of play or series of plays in every single practice. They, they think about Michigan – 24 hours a day, seven days, you know, seven yeah. days a week, 52 weeks a year, whatever it is. And I just don't see the same thing, you know, out of Michigan at this point. And they're trying, wrong, they're but trying, like, but it try. doesn't, it's not the same. Because Ohio Maybe State started that years ago. Year, right? You like, like, you see guys who come back and they're like in their mid-30s and they're walking around with all this, with all this gear and all this, you know, showing like this is what I did when I was here, you know, they're like, man, you know what? National championships are cool, but man, that, you know, I want some of them gold pants. <laughs> you know, I like we got to beat these dudes. Why? Because I want what he got. I want to come back here and be remembered as one of those guys who came in and got it done. You know what I mean? So if they do start something, they got to be consistent with it. For sure. All right. So let's switch focus here. Um, so, so you know, we both know you're super polarizing. People who love you, people who damn near want to fight you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you've been accused of being a racist because because you know a guy whose actual Twitter name was Black Engineer said something and you responded very condescendingly black engineer go shine my sh-. you know it came off really really bad like the way that you know someone who didn't understand what you were saying if someone a third party came in and saw that they're thinking holy crap who is this guy yeah it's like what is going on so can you explain more on on just that because a lot of people bring that up especially with me uh, whether it's via DM or it's a text or they go, why are you talking to that racist clown? Um, can you explain more about that when uh, you said that? Yeah, sure. I mean, you've got to have some, you know, if you're going to be an internet troll, if you're going to go at somebody, you've got to certainly understand that, you know, I get plenty of, uh, you know, 
engage with my tweets. You do as well. But, like, it's not that tough to scroll through all of them, you know, ten times a day that you pull your phone for the notification. So, like, if someone's sitting there talking shit and then you go there and you, you know, see them just roasting you, like, you're going to say something. And that was not – I didn't just come out of nowhere and say that. And it was, like, after about, you know, ten back and forths of someone just saying really terrible things about me, to me, about everything I do, that, like – his name is Black Engineer on Twitter, right. and I actually—that's the kind of people I dis—not not people who use Black Engineer, but people who don't use their own identity, but then still want to come and you know try and make you feel bad about who you are. So if my Twitter name was White Boy James, and you said, "Hey, White Boy James," like I don't care what comes after, I shouldn't be offended by that. I literally call him that, and I use the quotes on there because it could have been anything. It could have been. You know, Mish fan 2017 or whatever, and I'm right. like, hey, Mish fan 2017. And you know, the the go get your shine box is a line from Goodfellas that I literally have used for 25 years when anyone's being an asshole towards me because I'm just like, you know, it's it's a way to in some ways end the conversation slash belittle the person, not in a racial way, in a like you're worrying about my tweets, you're coming and tweeting about what I have to say, like. Who, you know, who the hell are you? You're just some guy who's too afraid to use your own your own Twitter name. Let's end the conversation by addressing that you're hiding behind a fake name and you know shine my shoes because I, I have won the conversation because you care so much about me that you're telling everyone, good or bad, that I exist. And at the end of the day, that's actually a pretty good thing for people. I mean, think about like who are the podcasts, who are the companies in sports that are, like, growing on a big level? Well, you could say, like, a guy like Faye Travis, uh, Fox Sports, he seems to be getting more popular, super controversial, half the people hate him. Yeah, he's a loose cannon. He's a loose cannon. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he throws, I mean, I'm not going to say he's racist, but he throws out racial topics, and and, and, and he tries to push the the boundary, and and that's, that's him. But also, you know, think back 25 years ago, Howard Stern, and I'm not purposely trying to mimic those guys at all but like if you get your people who don't like you to talk about you all the time like you've already won and all they're going to do is increase people's you know uh awareness of you and and, you know and it just puts money in our pockets to chat sports so i'm like you know i've said that i've just as many times as i've said you know go get your shine box which is you know a line from from goodfellas i've also said hey if you don't like me if you like me tell one person if you don't like me tell everyone you know because then they're gonna come and want to find out why. You know, it's like a, I just watched this. I just watched this documentary, the unbanned documentary on the first Air Jordan ones, and it was like, you know what, the thing that NBA banning the shoes that is what took them off because their commercial came out and said the NBA will not let Michael Jordan wear these shoes, but that can't stop you from owning them. And like, boom, like the, right. everyone wanted to have because you couldn't have it. And I'm just like, you know, if this guy is gonna call himself black engineer. If I call myself White Boy James, if you say you're, you know, if, if you say you're, aunt, you know, the the Indian American, and I call you that, you know, it, it, mostly pointing out that you are hiding behind a fake name. Don't try and call me racist about it. I'm literally calling you by what you asked. I didn't say, you know, hey, black engineer, aka some other derogatory term. I just said, black engineer, go shine my shoes because you are just, you know, I'm ending the conversation because, you know, you're coming at me. I've told you you're an asshole, and now it's over. Right, right. I'm with you. All you gotta do, I mean, I mean, if if that's the point, I mean, if if that's the case, I mean, you really gotta like, you know, some things. Just trust me. There have been times where I have almost sent out a tweet, and I'm just like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what? If <laughs> 
This can this can come off in five different ways, and a lot of people are going to read them in the worst of ways. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I mean, so my advice on on that one is going to just be like you got to understand. You go from black engineer, go get the shine box from from for my shoes. I mean. <laughs> First thing I'm thinking about is black and white movies. Some white dude sitting in a chair and some black dudes, you know, saying, "Hey, massa, can I sign your shoes for you?" Like, like that, you know, that did not, that did not look right on my end. But then I, but at the same time, I'm not slow. So I asked you, and you said it. Then I'm like, okay, I get it. But at the same time. Not everyone thinks that in depth. All they saw was black person go shine my shoes. You know what I mean? So I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, not everybody thinks that in that in depth, and they're gonna come back and they're gonna get you because there's a lot of slow people out here. There's a lot of them. Um, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: working uh, on the internet, and I'm sure you tell me the same. It's like sarcasm and so it's not even related to this situation or that but just like i am just since about the middle of 2016 with the trump uh you know fake news and all the people that fell for that stuff it's like i am just mesmerized how unintelligent our society has become and nothing to do with this situation but it's just like even even in that regards like you someone screenshot something and then like oh this this means he's racist because he used the word black. Well, I mean, the guy's name, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, it's the gotcha culture that we lived in. Right. And I always come from the, from the perspective of like, you know, whether or not it's a, it's a white guy, black person, woman, man, it's like, if you treat someone differently in a like, oh, I can't say that to you because someone might think something. Like, right. I've always come with the approach of like, then that may, that actually is treating you differently. And like, if I'm going to like be nice to someone who doesn't look exactly like me because I'm worried about offending them, then I'm actually, in my opinion, offending him, right? Like, if, right. I just, you know, if I'm like, hey, I'm going to take Ant's, you know, uh, Ant, Ant Wright's you know, we're going to open a podcast because, hey, uh, you know, he's African-American. I'm trying to help him out. Like, that would make me racist, right? But, like, right. Why, why, would, why, why would anyone ever think about that? Like, to start thinking about who the person is, uh, when you talk to somebody, it's treat everybody the same. If you're an asshole to me, I will make sure I tell you you're an asshole and then try and be done with you. I'll just block you at that point. Black, white, you. Rate, you know, man, woman, etc. <laughs> I got you. Nobody, I've always said, nobody is immune to jokes, but you got to make sure that it it is a joke and not an attack, because a lot of people, they have trouble deciphering between jokes and attacking, you know, there's two different tones there. Um, Gosh, you should, dude, I, I put this thing on one of my shows a couple weeks ago, like, hey, here's, or maybe it was like a tweet or something like that, hey, here's my, uh, here's my preseason, uh, you know, depth chart on offense, or it was wide receiver depth chart, and like, I got probably, you know, two dozen comments on Twitter and YouTube and a bunch of DMs, like, this is, this is fake, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is, is hurt right now, and I'm like, it literally says, game one, projected depth chart, I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with, you know, it's like people just don't read at all. And they don't like, they don't stop or stop and go, wait, what's this person trying to communicate to me? They just think someone said DPJ was hurt. He can't be a starter right now in Michigan. Like it's, right. just, it's very, uh, it's very limited like comprehension of what you're trying to uh, consume at the moment. I'm with you. All right. So straight up, 
You got to be honest with me. Do you steal your scoops from 247 Rivals and Sam and Michigan Insider and WTKA or Nick Baumgartner and all these guys? Do you steal your scoops from them? I'll just say no, and we can dig into that if, if you want. But I'll, I'll flatly no. And then the second, the question I'll counter that with you is, um, you know, after the uh, the infamous uh, Dave Avlock, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a second. Like, you know, I, I put my head down and worked on sales for our company and grew, you know, revenue streams before I felt like, you know, I want to get my mojo back. It's certainly not like. Uh, you know, motivating to want to produce shows for, you know, Michigan fans when, when you're not, you know, they're treated well at some point. And, like, right. I would like to know, in that time I was gone, what stories did any of those guys break? Ooh. If I'm stealing all my information, like, I will say, I mean, Al Washington, who, who broke that story? I, I did. <laughs> you know, Matt Madison. I don't know if anybody broke it. I, I didn't, you know, I heard that one. I just didn't believe it. I thought that was like, I'm getting trolled here. I'm not even going to deal with it. Josh Gaddis, I don't remember any of those guys having that information. You know, Pep Hamilton of the XFL, broken by a national guy. Um, DPJ and Dwumfor. How do you have a guy calling himself the Michigan Insider and a T at a radio show? And these guys spending hours sitting there at a press conference doing nothing. And they don't even know that Donovan Peoples Jones is injured until Harbaugh comes out blatantly says it like what stories in the three months i took off from my show did anybody anybody that goes to press conferences and, and thinks they're credential media one story that they broke so if, so if you were active so if you were active at the time what percentage would you say you would have broke of all those of, of all those those uh stories you know, it's it's tough to say because I just didn't care. I mean, like our some of my coworkers are like, "Hey, what's the latest in Michigan? Did you hear this?" I'm like, "I don't give a fuck right now. I'm not even you know caring about Michigan." So, I mean, even as a fan, I wasn't caring for most of the months of January, February. But I mean, it, it's tough to say. I think the Pep Hamilton to the XFL one. I mean, if you go back to my show from December, I flat out said Pep Hamilton will not be the coach here. And I heard the XFL one because it, it's it's like. You, you you think about this. You'll probably at some point in your life. I, I have and will. Like you'll get a job or you'll get somewhere in life because of either a friend of yours from twenty years ago or you did a favor for somebody. It's like Oliver Luck is the, the C the, the commissioner of the XFL, and that was pointed out to me back in like December that hey Pep Hamilton will probably get the job. Like he was Andrew Luck's guy at Stanford. He was an OC at the Colts. Like. His dad loves Pep. He'll probably end up being some, you know, something in the XFL if not for Michigan. So, like, I'm sure if I were to like, I would have texted one agent of any assistant coach, you know, that represents somebody in Michigan. I would have found in two seconds that Pep's been interviewing for XFL, and you know, we'd have dug deeper if I felt it was legitimate. So that's yeah. that one. I don't think anybody knew about uh, Josh Gaddis. I certainly think. I mean, I, one text, uh, one reach out. I was like, hey, how did people, you know, give me the scoop on? DPJ and this person, that person. Oh, haven't seen DPJ in practice all, all month. Like, I would have gone with that in two seconds. But, oh, you know, for sure. is one of the people I trust. So, like, I don't think I would have dropped the balls on those ones. But, like, people say that. But I've, I've literally questioned people. I don't know if you saw a couple days ago on Twitter. I think there was a thread of, with you on it. I was like, I'll give you $1,000, Venmo, right now, if you show me one story. You know, all the stuff's on the internet, timestamps. So, it's not like right. it's a guess. One story that a rep, you know, one is reputable, uh, you know, guys is living, you know, working in Ann Arbor, going to credential, you know, media outlets. Show me their post on their blog, their message board, their podcast, the date, and then show me the one a 
day, a month, a week later, where I reported and they claimed it was my own story, and I have yet to find a single person ever. Right. Ever. Hey, I take a break, I'm with you. And no news is reported for three months. I'm with you. A lot of accusations, but you know where you know where is where is the proof? You know, bring it, bring the proof. Um, as you said, Obloff, he sent out a letter, right? And that came out from the Branham situation when, when, you know, he said, go Bucks. And you were like, what are you talking about? You know, like, 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 no, we don't say that. So I think that was an issue. But before I get to the letter of, you know, texting, not texting, but tweeting at recruits. And then you're a person of the media doing it. Doesn't, doesn't look great. Doesn't look great <laughs> from someone who takes a step back and really looks at a situation from all from I try to do it as best I can from all points of view before forming my own opinion. Um, you understand why they sent that letter out. I know you understand why. I mean, in some regards, and by the way, like Dave Avloff, uh, personal feelings about him aside, like still has yet to man up and even you know like a bunch of uh, you know, people from the show i've got so many emails people like hey i'll do a FOIA information request i'll get all of abloff's emails and and, and and totally embarrass him if you want me to so it's not from your name i'm like i don't care like you're not a big deal like he i i emailed him and like a half dozen times in that subsequent week you know because Frankly, like it wasn't an official statement. It, right. No one's ever even shown me an email. It was literally a screenshot of an email that looked like it was in a BlackBerry in 1997 or something like that. Right. That was started by an account with no name. So, like, how'd you know, find like, out about it? Written, I, I mean, on Twitter, I was you know out to dinner with my wife and a couple friends. And I'm like, just like the other stuff. Like at the time, I was like, oh, what is this kind of thing? And like, I read it and I first of all laughed because I assumed it was Photoshop. And I kind of. I still don't know that it's not like Abloff is at every opportunity to confirm to me that he said it. Uh, and w- even though he opens my, you know, we have, we track our emails at our company. It's like, even though he opens them every time, maybe a, a couple dozen times, he forwards them to the colleagues that make you, Miss EDU. He's never responded. And it wasn't an official release. It was a rumor release. And I've never talked to a single person that I know of that actually got it. Maybe I could be wrong in this regard because I just haven't paid attention. But like, right. if it was a, if it was like, if they really stood behind it and put out a press release behind it or something like that, like the fact that he's going to put out a statement, you know, after I was told when I, I had the Al Washington story and I was told by that source that, Hey, there's a few recruits. One of, you know, and one of which was Khalil Brandon that like he put his name behind that, like Michigan just won't recruit anymore because you know, the other members of staff, every, every, every assistant coach gets one, two, three recruits that they can like, hey, this is my guy. I know this guy. Put my name behind him. They get him a scholarship. And Brandon was one for Washington. And so when I knew that, like, hey, there's a few guys that he gave scholarships to that if he leaves, that they're gone too. It's over, I mean, when right. that kid put go Bucks and all that stuff, like, in my mind, I assumed that that actually was his decommitting. And I took my previous information of, like, hey, if Michigan doesn't really think this guy is Michigan quality – if, if, if Washington leaves, like, they're not going to recruit him anymore. And I see that. I actually thought that was for a second. I just took the information I had. Washington leaves, this kid, he's putting go bucks, and I just go, it appears that 2020 wide receiver Cleo Brand is decommitting for Michigan. And then, like, this kid, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to try and knock a kid, but, like, 
goes and complains and has his mom call and all this different stuff. And so whether or not Avlov's article, you know, whether it was legit or not, I, I find it to be one of the most unprofessional things that a guy of his stature could do, given that, like, he helped cover up, like, Shane Morris's concussion and he helped cover up, like, Brendan Gibbons' rape situation by putting out a statement that he was at home dealing with a family issue. But, like, you know, you're going to have guys get accused of rape and guys get accused of assault, all this different stuff. But the one time you're going to put a letter warning someone of the big bad wolf, it's going to be about me after all the stuff that, I, you know, that you could, like, like you know, imagine if, if someone said, hey, there's this guy working for Michigan, and he has actively tried to help Michigan football players craft their strategy around public relations on a rape charge. What would you say about that guy? Like, that's the guy we're talking about right now. And so, like, I, I feel that, like, it seems like a big deal, but, like, it's only maybe more, you know, uh, known. So, like, you know, you, you lie low, let the people who really feed off of that, like, let me have an opportunity to, like, call this guy names and, 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 and hide behind my Twitter username. Like, right. let those people decide and, you know, back to, back to business. And, like, this literally, you know, I thought Michigan ended you. I'm like, well, actually, I, you know, have some of the highest rated programming of Michigan football, probably, you know, becoming one of the more known and, and, and we've been doing the show for a year now like uh that uh that seems okay for me right right for sure all right so that was that was about khalil brandon uh brandon who who just decommitted um La -di -da, you yeah know? yeah so the decommitted was really he was processed by the football team where he didn't have a scholarship to come to Michigan. Um, so, I know you've seen the article. I've seen the article. Whenever we go back and forth, I get no less than two or three DMs posting the article. Um, it's in the feeds at times. I see it probably once a week. Um, as you know, it's from this Yahoo Finance by Daniel Roberts that was posted a little over two years ago. It says, inside the ugly breakup of Sports Illustrated, The Cauldron, and Chat Sports, um, where it talks about, um, you know, it said that, uh, you know, there's a lot to this story, impersonations, fake emails, a forged term sheet. Um, you know, this is by far... The biggest black mark on you. I think if this doesn't exist, I think you would be much more lauded. I think that you would have a bigger following. But this is this black mark is huge. Like you could you could break the biggest story of all time, and someone will discredit you just by this article. Um, how were your feelings when you read this? Uh, I look. Coming from me, some of this stuff is more than likely true. How have you changed since then? Um, was it a mistake that you did where you were hustling a little bit too hard and you were trying to get whatever you could out of this situation? Um, what, what can you say about this? I know you've seen it. Anyone can search it. Inside the Ugly Breakup of Sports Illustrated, the Cauldron in Chat Sports is by Daniel Roberts. It goes on about uh, Chat Sports and James Yoder and trying to get some deals done and 
try to get some uh, get some people to invest in a certain company and brand that kind of fell through and became a really big story. Um, so I'll let you go ahead and kind of take the wheel here and kind of tell me like what really went on there. So what so what are your thoughts on that article and really you know kind of walk me through what happened there yeah and so like i think in some regards like the guy who's on the other side of it like yeah there was a you know the 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 guy from the other company there was a, a relationship there and we have a contract which by the way like opens him up to just uh, a, a massive amount of lawsuits for even disclosing any of those things because the contract stated that we would acquire his company for not insignificant amount of money, like multi-millions of dollars. I would. I would pay for it. And it would be cash and it would be stock in a company that, you know, followed the acquisition. And that's all that. And while we were doing this, it's kind of a uh, uh, you know, grace period trying to see if we could support him and his buddies, all of who, which by the way, never were able to be successful enough to do this on their own. Um, it was a bailout like from me to them. All of the time, I was paying these guys to do basically nothing, right? So let's just make sure that we were like, clear there. Right. Secondly, is if you look at the guy and the author, I mean, they've got a relationship going back years. And the guy tried to shop this woe is me story about James, you're such a, a bad guy. Because like, I'll be frank, like, once the deal went south, like I was, as far as us not opting to do that, like I was not like responsive. You know, things about like not responding to him or something like that. Like the deal was over at that point. So like that's just the basic thing. But, like any of the other stuff, that is a unsubstantiated. Like all the stuff you mentioned, up to unsubstantiated, unverified, uh, and didn't happen. And if it did, like this was like. Sort of scale it back. Think about it from like you've never heard of me, never did this. Like, if any of that stuff that like was put in there to try and sensationalize it, which by the way, it's the biggest article that guy ever wrote in his entire life, probably you know bigger than his other twenty best combined. <laughs> it, you, know, you you put all this stuff in there to try and have shock and awe value, zero evidence behind it. Any of that stuff was true. Would I? Would we have you know quadrupled our our shows and staff and revenue, and it still be operating? You know, two plus years later, would I be, or would we have been in a lot of trouble with not just him, but you know, uh, authorities? But you know what the other side of that story is? Is guess whose company never operated a, a day after that? Whose? The, the other one. <laughs> And so if you follow that guy on Twitter, like he is the the poster boy for everyone's a victim America. And he wrote some article. I didn't read it. I got the bullet, the bullet points from, from a, a colleague that did, you know, a couple months back that basically like, what happened to the Calder? And all it is, is he's blaming everyone else. Barstool Sports was mean to me. James Yoder messed up. You know, he said he was going to buy me and then didn't because he found out all my numbers were made up and I had no business. Sports Illustrated canceled me because Yoder told him to. Yeah, I got it. Like I've got that power, right? Like maybe <laughs> everybody, but the the real story is like at the end of the day, like I could have just been like, oh man, this article is written bad about me. I can just you know, hang. Uh, I'm done. Blah, blah blah. Or we could fucking just keep doing what we're doing, which we have, mm. and. Built basically an entirely new business underneath that, the one that we had talked to them about, you know, coming out and building, which is a video and audio business, right? So, like, 
you think you think about these things. If like if we had done all of those crazy things that he got this guy to to write his buddy to write, like would I be talking to you on the phone right now? Probably. Um, yeah, you, you, you can you can answer that question offline, fair, huh. you know, but I'm not going to put you on the spot with it. But like, think about these things in actual, like, real terms. Like a slam piece with no evidence that you know the guy, the, the other side is you know the king of, of like, oh, I've got this juicy story for you involved this publicly traded company. By the way, you search court records in the state of New Jersey. He's been sued by multiple people. You know, from his time in the cauldron for copyright infringement, for stealing their work. Like, there's multiple lawsuits in the state of New Jersey. If anyone wants to, to go look uh, up the cauldron in their court system, They're like, so you know, uh, the, the, I just let people like it's just like with uh, with a tweet or something like that. It's like think common sense, step back for a second. Two guys are doing a business deal. One guy backs out of it. The other guy says this guy committed every crime in the history of the world, and he gets his buddy to write an article about it. The, the accuser has never done business again, complains about Trump on Twitter all day, and the other guy is, you know, uh, paying six figures a month in, in payroll to, to a staff of people. Like, who, which one is more likely? And not just, you know, people can make up their own minds after that. Right. So you so you tried to buy the cauldron and stepped down. Did you try to buy the lead, or is that or is that something else? No, we talked, we, because of the cauldron, we talked to the lead, uh, about, you know, they were doing some stuff in video, but kind of the same situation. Like, sports is a great, it's, it's an amazing business because everyone wants to work in sports and everyone wants to build their own company, but they all give up when they can't make money and their wives are yelling at them. And that's kind of a lead. I mean, I, we looked at the lead business. They had no business. I mean, they want us to pay 100000 bucks and give three of their guys salaries about that. They had, like, 2,000 subscribers or something like that to an email newsletter, half of which probably were not even... Legit, like their business doesn't exist anymore. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, gotcha. By the way, I'm not gonna like if some guy is chasing you down, like James, I want to follow up on a phone call, blah blah blah, and like you know, you've got a decision making. It's like, hey, like, we told the guy we think about it, we get back to him when we made a decision, or you know, it's not the right time. Like at some point, you just can't keep responding. You know, say, yeah, like ghost that guy, absolutely. But like, what's the common denominator? His buddy is the other is the other party in the story, right? Gotcha. Like, all my investors went to bat for me. I told them I don't want to include their name, but I gave these, you know, the, the, the reporter, I'm like, hey, ask these guys, these professional guys, these guys who worth tons of cash that invested tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in our company, go talk to them about the last two, three years of everything we've done and, and, and let them, and make your decision from there. And, like, he talked to all of them, and, like, you, you saw what they said. Like, so, like, who are the people that have worked with me for three years that gave us the money that have got our updates? They had one thing to say, guy who uh, whose wife is complaining about him not having a job and he needs somebody to blame, um, that's the other side of the story. Gotcha. So I did see that Sports Illustrated did indeed dump the cauldron. Um, so moving forward with Chad Sports, um, I know you are, you know, you're trying to make some more, you know, moves and, and trying to grow your product as much as you can. Try to grow your brand as well too, um, you know. You know, just know that I do appreciate you coming on. I think you uh, you have cleared up a, a lot of things, and I think people are going to listen to what you have to have to say, whether they hate you or not. Um, just to just to either hate you more or to love you more. 
Um, it's going to happen either way, no matter, you know, no matter who listens to this or how they listen to it or how they, um, interpret it. Um, thanks for coming on though, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you for being so open. You know, we, we did talk football, but, but, you know, more importantly, we did address, you know, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of things out there, including the black marks. A lot of people wouldn't be open to just talk about that openly without having this edited just straight yeah. through, just, you know, just, you know, talking about it and, um, answering and, uh, and just, you know, trying to answer to the best of your ability. So, um, I we're, do we're appreciate that. Up, I, I told you, I told you, like, Hey, ask me whatever you want. Like you gave me an hour. I'm like, I'll just speak. I, if you, if you have nothing to, you know, if you know what happened in your heart and you know what happened, but like, so thank you for having me on, by the way. I actually appreciate you asking those questions because it gives that opportunity. And I want to finish with this. It's two things. One is, by the way, shout out to you for the podcast. I know we talked about this, you know, last year that, that you were going to do this. So congrats. Uh, sick artwork, by the way. I got to, are you the designer of the Ant Wright uh, uh, Twitter bio? pictures and also the, oh, uh, the all of them artwork. i got like nice. I, I got like 80 hats man whenever i get a colorway of like man i'm about to make it a hat right quick to so whenever i feel like using it i i go ahead and use it yeah so like, i mean i like what you're doing by the way i listen to the uh, you got some basketball advice and football stuff things are talking about 401ks and talking to high school kids about the roth ira and all that stuff Big time shout out to you on that. I think that is like, uh, it, it, it's almost like going to a buffet. I'm going to get some football news, basketball news. Oh, shit, Aunt Wright says to you, and, uh, gosh, i got to get my 401k in before uh, the 15th. So, <laughs> a little bit yeah, of everything. Wonderful, Aunt Wright. Shout out you on that. And by the way, one last thing is you you, you got to check your uh, your podcast donor before we jump on the call. James Yoder, new uh, new monthly monthly uh, paying, paying listener. All right? So my uh, that is my... My my uh, my pledge to you for uh, for a great couple podcasts that I listened to before we jumped on. So you've got Yoder as a monthly paying subscriber on this. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, man. All right, we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. All right, see ya. All right, yo, that was James Yoder. James Yoder was on the mic once again. Uh, I'm available on Spotify. Uh, trying to get the iTunes still. Still didn't get the email. Hold on. Let me check right quick. Let me see if I got the email yet. Give me one second. Give me most. Oh, downloading five emails and. Nope. <laughs> N O P E. Nope. iTunes. iTunes will not. iTunes will not have your boy on there yet. Soon though, soon though, soon though. Hey, thank you for listening to episode four. Had your boy James Yoder on here. Had some basketball, NBA playoff players with, you know, stories involving me. Um, that was a lot of fun. I know it was a while ago, but that was a lot of fun. Um, please click like, subscribe. To your boy, man, I I appreciate the support so much. It's so humbling. Um, it's so humbling. And as James said, I'm a Swiss Army knife, dude. Swiss Army knife. I do. I I do when I talk about everything. Um, not afraid of talking about anything. I will bring on anyone. 
uh, if you want to come on the pod. I, 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 man, I, I have so many things planned with people coming on just to talk about different things, whether it's, uh, you know, finance people, I'm going to have uh, people out there who are grinding. If you are an entrepreneur and you want to come on here, please hit me up. We need to support each other, man. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a great idea that, that you have locked down, you'll come on the pod and let's talk about it and we'll, and let's see if you can get some more supporters for your brand. Uh, it's all about you guys. If you if you want me to come on here and talk about something specific, let me know and uh, I'll try to do my best. Once again, thank you for listening in to episode four. Holla at your boy. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service, and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts.